All right, we're going to get started with my good morning. Good morning, good morning. to everyone. To everyone. Um, do you want to? No, go ahead. Go. Okay. All, you all right. Know. Well, so thank you uh, for being here. Um, I was talking to Tony a couple nights ago, and I think we've worked harder for this class than any other class <laughs> yes. we've done. Yeah. So, and that might be because I have a lot to learn. Um, but uh, it has been requested that the class be recorded and be online. So we have a recorder here. And if you do ask questions, which hopefully you do, um, we'll probably repeat them just so it can be heard online. It is kind of fun to guess what the person asked when you only hear the answer, but sometimes I only get it wrong. Um, so uh, we'll begin this morning with a little bit of an introduction, and then we'll move on. Um, so the title of the class is Love First, um, Working Toward Racial Unity. And I think Americans could probably across the board agree on one thing, is that different ethnicities in the United States could do a better job of getting along. Um, we could probably all agree with that. The reasons why we may not, but we could all agree that we need to do a better job of getting along. And so I think mostly that's what we want to talk about, is to work toward solutions, being better humans, um, so that we can all enjoy life a little bit better. I think whether in the political world or the religious world or any other world, we could probably also say that in Old Testament terms, the spirit of condemnation has come upon us mightily. Um, we say a lot of hurtful things. And uh, our hope is to do a better job of, of not doing that. Um, and so in this class, you know, I said I've learned a lot. And uh, there's a good chance I'll probably say something incorrect. Um, I uh, got my infallibility card pulled a long time ago. <laughs> um, so, and if, if you say something that's incorrect, but we learn through and work through it, that's okay. That's what we want to do. This is not a class where we come and try and make sure that we say everything right and we congratulate ourselves and walk away. But it's a class where we can learn about each other and grow and do a better job. Um, I really like what Eric Poole said in the video uh, last week, and if you didn't see it, that's okay. Um, but he said we want to be allies. And uh, I think that's an important word for us, is to be allies and to work with each other. Um, Tony and I are brothers. Um, we're allies. I, I love him. Hopefully he loves me. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's, that's what we want to work toward. Um, the uh, teachers, for the most part, um, will be Tony and Brenda, um, LaDonna and Mark, and Gina and Eric. Um, and... Uh, I may do a little bit here and there. I'm here today, but probably they'll be doing most for the most of it. And so our basic format for the class is, and that's what we'll do today after the introduction, is we'll begin with a, a scripture reading and a, a few words about that. Tony's going to do that this morning. Um, we'll have a time of question and response, and we've got um, a, a question and response already made up. But if you do have questions, maybe one that you're embarrassed to ask, 
Um, you can give it to one of us and we can ask it anonymously. Um, you can put it in the box of questions that we don't have yet that I need to get. <laughs> um, or you can send one of us an email. Um, but I think it's also okay if you, if you think you're strong enough to ask an awkward question just to do it. Um, because as uh, vulnerability and openness go up, you know what goes down? Fear and distrust. The more open and vulnerable we are with each other, the more we can trust and, and believe in each other. And I think that's what we want to work toward as well. Um, and then we'll have uh, some subject content for the class, uh, which we'll have today as well. And then, uh, let's see, we'll close with prayer right around 10.15. Uh, we need to be out of here at 10.20. Uh, that's important for Grace Bible. Um, they are our brothers and sisters too. We love them and we want uh, to make sure that, that they know that, that we know they exist. Um, and uh, so that'll be the basic format of the class. Um, so we're going to begin with the scripture reading. All right. And, uh, I think we'll just get right into it. Okay. So we, we picked this scripture reading uh, as we talked Thursday night. It's kind of the main idea for the class. And so I'll just read through that scripture reading. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as is it is as it is written, the reproaches of those who are reproached who reproached you fell on me. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Romans 15, 2, 3, and 7. Um, and then at the top, which I skipped, bear one another's burdens as thus fulfilling the law of Christ. And that's the main point that we wanted to drive home about bearing one another's burdens, about I'm trying to understand something from a different paradigm. There are often things that we don't understand about each other, things that we um, kind of assume, but then we don't really understand. And that was the whole premise behind this scripture. Yeah. All right. Okay. So then, question of the day. And this is something I learned from LaDonna. Um, I didn't have a photo of you. And I wish I would have. <laughs> but, so, a lot of ladies, I'll tell them, if it's true, I try and make sure I don't lie when I compliment somebody. <laughs> um, you know, I say, you know, you look too young to, be, to have those children. Um, which, what I'm saying is, you look healthy, you look well-fed, you look well-rested. <laughs> Looks like life's been good to you. That's... That's normally what I mean. But if I say that to LaDonna, because of our cultural differences, that means something different. You want me to share what you mean? Sure. Yes. Yeah, and come, come on up if you want. Yeah. Or however Here's the you mic. feel best. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay. Um, so I think when I first started, um, for those that don't know me, I'm LaDonna. I come with two children. Jolie is my youngest. Shantae is my oldest. And when I first started here, people kept saying, 
oh, who are you, who are you visiting? Who, are you here visiting? You know, who is your family? And I'd explain, I'm here with my daughters. And they would say, well, you just look too young. You look too young to have kids. And then I'd say, well, my daughter's in college. <laughs> and so then I got, well, you just, you look way too young to have kids. You must have started early. Wow, you must have really started at a young age. And that was the, the follow-up compliment that I kept getting, was that I look too young to have kids. And because I look young, I must have started when I was 14 or 15. Sometimes people would give an age and guess, oh, you must have started in your teens having kids. And it was, to me, offensive. For one, I come from a family that has young genes. So that's a blessing. Thank you, God. <laughs> Two, um, I did. I started in my 20s. And my daughter, my oldest daughter's 20 years old. My youngest daughter's 16. And so... From a cultural perspective, um, a lot of times people would say things like, you know, you, it's a compliment to see her that I do look young or that I, I appear to be youthful. But a lot of times the follow-up of, well, well, shame on you. You must have started, you know, at a young age. And I thought, I have some friends, different backgrounds and ethnicities, but culturally, they also started young. That was in their culture. I mean, at 14, yeah, you probably were having your first child or 15. Um, and so it's just something we wanted to bring up as an example um, of today that sometimes you're saying maybe something to someone from a different culture or background and not understanding what it may imply definitely if you're following up with kind of the, the shame on you response and so um, we just wanted to use that one as today as an example so thanks for doing that that was good um, so what would be a good way to to say, yeah, you look helpful, or you look helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I, obviously, I came to this church when my girls were young, and so maybe appreciating just the fact that I came, or any visitor comes to church, whether they come in tow with kids or not, would be something to just be appreciative of. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Does anyone else have any questions that they would like to ask? If you want to How old is Mark? No. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I um I do appreciate and understand like the heart of complimenting youth, but I think it's probably something helpful for our whole culture to get away from because then when you're complimented when you do still look young. Um, and I remember one time when Erica and Austin first came, someone mistook me for Erica. I was like, yes, I just came. Like, oh, but, um, but at the same time, then as you age, um, and I can't speak from a male perspective, but I know that I've had friends, female friends who have said, I'm really struggling with my identity as I age. And let's celebrate, um, I mean, Proverbs celebrates the older woman. Let's celebrate all the seasons that God gives us. And so maybe instead of just like these days, you know, I hear things about, let's not compliment our young girls on being pretty. Let's compliment them on things they can actually take some control over, mm -hmm. um, like abilities or things that you do instead of things that you are. So maybe we can just, like LaDonna said, let's compliment each other on getting here in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> let's just 
compliment each other on having, you know, like, oh, I love that you're smiling today. That makes me feel good, too. You know, something that we can control instead of something we are. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yes, thanks. Good input. Um, you want to summarize that, Tony, for the... <laughs> well, basically the, the answer to that question, correct me if I get it wrong, was instead of complimenting each other on things that we can't control, like how we look sometimes, let's compliment things that we do. Things like showing up to church on time, like <laughs> our talents and strengths and abilities. Good. All right. You approve, Kelly. Thanks. All right. Okay. Hi. No. Oh, question. Also Yeah. I think they generally mean it. I mean, they're mm -hmm. not just, they're not doing it to be heavy, to be mean spirited. I mean, they're. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Remember, they are giving you a compliment. Mm -hmm. They're trying mm -hmm. to engage you. They're trying to, you know, say something nice. Yes. They're not yes. meaning it to be. That's good. You yes. know, the way you might be Right. Well, and, and the whole youth thing is our culture. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, that's why we do things like, because our culture is driven by youth and fame and money and all that kind of stuff. And as, as much as we try to fight against it, it's still part of us. So we have to be very conscious about not doing that. It's hard. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good point. However, when you get to be my age and somebody would say to me, wow, you don't look that old. You look so much younger. You really appreciate mm -hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, so the, uh, well, I'm sorry, is there any more? Okay, so Tony, you're gonna talk about the goals of the class? Yes. Okay, so if it shows up. <clears throat> the goal, well, the main goal behind the class and the main discussion, the main theme is to love first. Um, just as Don McGoughlin so eloquently put when he was here a few months ago, actually a few weeks ago. Um, to love is to see the highest good in your, is to seek, sorry, the highest good in yourself, others, and the world in which we live all the time and every day. We also want to listen. We all see a reality through a very small window, a paradigm. My, my point of view is only a view from one point. By listening to others, we can gain and we can gain a much larger perspective of the world in which we live. We also want to ask questions, like just as we're doing, ask questions to gain that understanding and to think, feel, intuit. intuit, to understand and work towards a better world. And that's what this is, fostering, fostering, the con fostering understanding, bringing forth the conversation. These are conversations that I wish that I had when I was younger, uh, growing up. Um, and there's many more that we can have. And I believe that as a community, we are starting to do that. And I think that we should give thanks to our elders and the many people in this congregation that support that conversation. Yeah. I just want to say one thing about the last one, because this is about <coughs> thinking, feeling, or intuiting. And I didn't have a better word for intuit. Um, maybe someone else does, but this, this is something that Julie and I learned a lot about each other is that she and I move through the world differently. I, I first moved through the world through thinking. Um, she first moves through the world through intuiting or gut intuition. Um, and so 
that we, in, in a lot of ways, we speak a different language that we have to work toward understanding. And, and all of us do. Some of us are more in the head. Some of us are feeling all sorts of things right now that I don't even have any idea you're feeling. Um, and some of us are having intuitions that others may not. And when we, when we understand that, that we all move through the world differently, I think it's easier to work through those things. Yes. And so, it, it does. It does. And even in my case, my wife and I literally speak two different languages. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I often forget she has to remind me, English is not my first language. Can you repeat that? That does not compute in my brain what you're saying, that joke that you just said. And so part of our story, our love story, is for us to work to understand each other. And if we're going to build a better community, a better city, a better country, we all have to do that amongst each other, is to work to bridge that gap to understand. That's very good. Okay, so the next thing is, Tony and I would like to talk a little bit about how this conversation began between the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you guys can see that over there. We tried to get this TV to hook up, but... Well, technology is not my strong point. And it is Tony's, but... But we just couldn't figure it out in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, Herbie Husker up there and the CU Buffs. Um, that, that's, well, we don't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say his name either. <laughs> uh, I, I think early... I don't remember exactly how... I mean, I know we met here. Yeah. But as far as... That day, I always forget the first day, just like we've known each other forever. But. Yeah, I, I remember we talked because you had greeted me when I came in. And okay. then we kind of were talking about, I think it was like a few Sundays later, we were kind of talking about college football because I think oh, we were okay. getting into that. And you had mentioned that you were a Husker fan. And I was like, ah, <laughs> because I went to see you. Uh, right. Go Buffs. Um, <laughs> I will always be a Buff, even with their terrible teams throughout the years. But um yeah, that's kind of how we got started. And then I remember you invited me over to brunch at your house. And that's where I get to met, uh, got to meet Julie and kind of hang out with you guys and learn that you were a carpenter. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so we've had lots of conversations about football. Um, lately, more painful for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Because of the quality of the teams. But we're hopefully getting rid of that. Um, but then... You know, I think for for me, I'm not, if I can, I always try and be pur- purposeful in my relationships. And if I can, I always want to make sure that I find people that push me to be better or I'm pushing someone else to be better. And uh, I don't, oh, one of my employees turned me on to the Liturgist podcast. And then I was just scrolling through um, the different podcasts that were there. And one of them uh, was about... Um, racial relationships in the United States. And I thought, well, I'll listen to it. Um, you know, I'm from Nebraska. It's not um, an incredibly diverse state. Um, we did have a woman who came from, well, as a refugee from Cambodia, and our family uh, spent a lot of time working with her and, and helping her out. Um, and she did very nice thing of cooking a lot of food for us and as a growing boy 
um, that's never a bad thing. Um, so, I, but I thought I could, well, I could probably learn something from this podcast. And so I listened to it and then, um, I sent it to Tony and I said, Hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think about it. And, uh, he says, yeah, I think there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And basically the podcast, what it was about was about the church's relationship with racism in America. And it covered a lot. It covered, um, all the way from back in the sixties when uh they were talking about first talking about abortion and they were talking about how the conservative movement in the church kind of pushed people against abortion but this podcast brought out that many people in the church were actually not divided against abortion and i'm sorry if i'm butchering this it's all right uh as i'm really nervous and i have no voice because i've been fighting a cold all week but how many people in the church were becoming afraid of integration because the country was moving towards civil rights at that time. And I was like, wow, okay, this is really eye-opening. And, and then it, the, oh, you can say, yeah, that was the beginning of it, schools. of, of, uh, of integrating, uh, inter, what was that? Sorry. Oh, private schools in the South. Private schools in the South. I think I missed that part. Well, with segregation, then like somehow, private schools in the South began popping up all over the place. Um, and so, and unfortunately, private schools that said they were Christian private schools. Um, so instead of integrating, and I'm interrupting Tony, but it's all right. Instead of integrating um, and working toward humans getting along, a lot of people were just leaving the public school sector. Is that that actually is okay. better accurate than one, okay. what I remember. Okay. Okay. But the other thing that was in that podcast that I identified with was it was talking about, um, and bear with me, um, it was talking about how in this country um, what racism really was, that definition. And what it was defined as is when you have an entire system that benefits <clears throat> that benefits one race of people and leaves out another race that is racism it's not just making comments it's not just disparaging remarks but it's an entire system and they started with the justice system and they started giving stats on how minorities in this country were more likely to be put away in prison for much longer terms for the same crime than other people were and I was like, yeah, that was eye-opening. And they gave an example of a poor woman who lived in a, a very uh, rough neighborhood and how she was accused of a crime that she didn't commit. But because she had no resources, she wasn't able to defend herself. Because she wasn't able to defend herself, she, had children, she also had children to take care of. She thought on her children and said, this could be a lengthy trial. I don't have any resources. I'm just going to plead guilty. And that's what she was told to do. Yeah. Because she would get a smaller sentence. Yes. So she was put away for a crime that she didn't commit. Her children were taken away. And then um, some years later, they found out that the person who accused her of the crime was lying. The allegations were completely false. And I was thinking like, okay, this doesn't happen that often. But they were saying within the podcast, this is something that does happen a lot. The And she had a felony. 
Yeah, and she had a felony on her record, which meant that she could not get a job. It's harder. It's much harder to get a job. The other thing, and I'll give a bit of a background on myself. The other thing that really resonated with me was there was a gentleman in the podcast, and he was also an African-American. And he said that for the most part, I had grown up in a pretty diverse community. He had been sheltered for most of his life, and he didn't see a lot of the other things a lot of these things going on in the world. I myself am a native of Colorado Springs. I grew up in a military family. Both my mom and dad served 20 years in the, in the Air Force and still live here today. They decided to retire here. They are also our primary childcare, which is why we're still here. <laughs> but I went to Whitefield High School, which out of the high schools in the, in the city, it's a little bit more diverse than some of the others. And so when I was in high school, I was exposed to things like interracial dating. And my parents would always tell me that, you know, what you're seeing is not what we saw when we grew up. This is not, this was not common for us. And my parents would share their stories about what it was like going to a school that had just been integrated. And a lot of the stories were not nice. Uh, they had to deal with a lot. But one of the things that my parents did tell me was they would always say, we believe that this world is going to be better for you and your sister and that we don't want you to see the world through what we saw. And that was always something that they instilled in me. And so growing up, I had this idea that the world is getting better. Things are getting better. Um, things are, are getting better for women as well. Uh, I work in IT and it traditionally is not an industry that you see a lot of women in. But as I was going, going through spending more time in IT and kind of moving up into different positions, I did see a lot more women. And so I had this idea that, okay, things are getting better for women. I'm seeing minorities. I'm seeing interracial dating. Things are getting better. But for me, that changed. Um, and without, I hate to get political because <laughs> I don't like talking about politics, but that changed in 2016 for me. And really what changed for me was I started seeing a lot of the comments that people that I respected were making on social media about some of the things going on in our country, about police brutality, about um, comments that certain candidates were making about Hispanics, about black people. And I started thinking like, well, why would somebody say that? And the comments, just to be clear, that they were making we're in the context of an us versus them mentality. These are comments like, it's their problem. They're poor because it's their fault. These people have broken families because they don't have fathers. And I started thinking like, is this really what people think when they see somebody of color? You know, is this, is this the world I live in? Because I thought that we were one, that we were growing that we were progressing and as I started hearing more and it's just not comments on Facebook for years I worked at a local ministry a ministry that I respect and love to this day some of the comments that I heard from my co-workers about some of these issues kind of shocked me kind of put me back a little bit some of the other things that I saw were things like uh, even in my own story I would I was um, in a uh, position uh, in IT. Sorry, I'm kind of nervous talking about right. this. So I'm kind of muddling my way through this. 
I was a, a support desk tech. That's when I met Brenda. And um, I uh, noticed that there were people that were getting promotions and moving above me. And I never thought anything of it. It's like, okay, you know, they're, they're getting promotions. But I had actually done very well on my reviews. And I was always getting uh, uh, compliments on my work. But I never seemed to be able to, every time I'd apply for, apply for another position, I was always denied. However, the people that were applying, that were actually getting some of these promotions for these uh, for this other position I was interested in, they all hung out with the boss. They all looked and they all talked the same way that the boss did. And the boss didn't quite look like me. And I actually had somebody pull me aside and say, and this was a, a gentleman that I love and respect as well. It was a white gentleman and he said, you know, Tony, I don't think that you quite fit in with these other guys over here. So can you see how the picture is starting to be painted in my own paradigm? Now, I, I say my own paradigm because I realize that may not specifically be reality, but that's how I'm seeing the world. And then when I start seeing these comments about it's your fault, it's their fault, how that paints a picture of us versus them, and all of a sudden I'm starting to feel separated from everybody else. Thanks. And those are the things that I shared with Baruch uh, yeah. during our discussion, kind of getting back to that. Mm -hmm. And um, he invited me out, and we talked about those very specific things, um, and along with the podcast. Yeah. And then uh, KB came and hung out with us, and we had another good discussion. Um, and Brenda keeps giving us signs. <laughs> yes. Of we need to keep moving. Yes. She's right. Um, so, okay, so the next thing I think that will be helpful for us in our discussion, and we'll move through this as quickly as we can, but some basic definitions. Um, and this is mostly taken from Ibram Kendi's book, um, Stamped from the Beginning. Is anyone familiar with that book? Or have you read it? Okay. Oh, you have? I work right. with lots of different people, and um, and sometimes you you don't understand why some people are withdrawn. Some people are like they gravitate towards you, but, but some people they don't because they don't understand why you're the way you are. Does that ever happen because you're working with lots of mm, different people? That's a very good point. Yes, we don't understand why people are. You're right, Ginger. Thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So some basic definitions is um, racism is the belief that one ethnicity is superior to other ethnicities. That's, as far as intellectual, that's pretty easy to understand. I think. It's like, my ethnicity is, is better than the other ones, and here's why. Um, that's, that's what, I think that's a fair definition of racism. Segregationist is the belief that different ethnicities are better off living separately. And I did not know this until I read Kendi's book, but there was a huge movement for the recolonization of blacks out of North America into Africa, Mexico, and other places. Um, Liberia is one of those countries. Um, the capital is Monroe, named after James Monroe, um, which I did not know. Oh, stamped from the beginning. It comes from a quote 
Jefferson Davis made before he was the Confederate president, as while well, he was uh, a U.S. senator. Um, assimilationist is the belief that other ethnicities are capable of becoming cultured and civilized with the proper help. Um, so that means if, well, there's, there's an underlying assumption of racism in that idea that um, my culture is on top and it is number one. And if you, if you let me help you, I can make you like me. Um, and uh, that's, well, yeah, that's probably enough there. Um, and then uh, anti-racist is the belief that no ethnicity is superior to any other ethnicity. We all have different things that we can bring to the table, different strengths and, and different weaknesses. We're not all the same. We are different. Um, and uh, we, we should be good with that um, because that's the beautiful thing, I think. Don't, don't yes. you? Yes. Okay, <laughs> good. If Tony agrees, then we're good. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and then, okay, the last one, and, and we'll make this quick, Brenda. <laughs> um, so, um, European white supremacy has been a dominant world belief for over 500 years. A lot of times what we hear is slavery was 150 years ago, why can't we get over it? Well, this is why. Um, let's see, I've got some notes okay so the first um defense of african-american slave trading was by a portuguese author in 1453. that was a widely read book um, and so that's the over 500 years ago it starts then uh, leo africanus who was a moroccan was kidnapped and became a slave was given to pope leo in Italy, he wrote in 1526 a book titled The Description of Africa, and this is what he wrote. He himself is African. There is no nation under heaven more prone to sexual indulgence. The Africans lead a beastly kind of life, being utterly destitute of the reason, of reason, of dexterities of wit, and all arts. They behave themselves as if they had continually lived in a forest among wild beasts. He believed he was charged with telling the plain truth in all places. He believed he was describing Africa accurately. Uh, Thomas Jefferson's book, Notes on the State of Virginia, published in 1781, uh, by the 18, early 1800s, it was the most widely read nonfiction book in North America. And it was also published in Europe. Um, so this has been, been part of our world for quite a long time. Generally, what we think, and I did too, um, Ibram Kendi in his book is the one that helped me understand this, is that we think hatred and ignorance lead to racist ideas. And he says it's actually the opposite that happens. Um, it begins with self-interest. Um, people in power, uh, well, the slave trade began in Africa because it was already happening. Um, those people were being betrayed by their own countrymen, taken to places where people did not love and care for them. But the reason that was being done was for self-interest. If I can make more money with less effort, I'm gonna do it. So then 
intellectuals, politicians, educators, scientists, clergy, um, they use their power for personal gain and create racist policies. Um, and that's where these books came from. The guy in Portugal, his last name was Zorara. Is that right? Okay. Um, he was commissioned by the king to write this book in defense of what he was doing. Um, so self-interest produces racist policies. And then that book, and from Leo Africanus's quotes, produced racist ideas. And then from that, we get hatred and ignorance. Um, and that seems to be a cycle that we should probably work on breaking. Um, I think, and one of the things that uh, I read that I, I thought was, for me, was very impacting is that racism prohibits individualism. If I am, well, I think we all have racist ideas, myself included, and we need to work through those. And Ibram Kendi, in an interview that I listened to, he said he does, and he is a black man. Um, they're infused that much within our culture. But if I only see Tony as a representation of black people instead of Tony, then I'm not, being, I'm not able to see who Tony is. If I see someone who commits a crime and I say, yep, that's the Africans for you. Um, but, if, but then if be, me being white, if I see someone who commits a crime who is white and I say, well, that guy's a knucklehead. Why did he do that? Um, do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. I'm allowing one to be an individual and not the other one. Um, you were going to say something? No. Oh, I'm okay. doing great, man. Keep going. <laughs> um, and I think... Well, the most important thing for a strong human society is strong, healthy individuals. Um, some total of zero is zero, regardless of how many zeros you have. But the stronger every individual is, the, well, you can't have tyrannies taking over the people if that happens, if you have strong individuals. And they're healthy and working, and that's what we want. So um, I also learned if I have a, if I've grown up a certain way, mm -hmm. like I'm I'm gonna okay, you, you pretend that you didn't grow up in a family you grew up in, but you you have a friend that grew up totally different from you, but you don't know it. Yeah, y'all might be on odds and each other, not ever talk to each other because you you, you don't understand that because um because you don't you, you don't know anything. That's exactly yeah, that's exactly right. That's yes. a good point, Ginger. Yes. Oh, y'all are right. so opposite. Yeah, about everything. Uh huh. That um. That, that, that it is hard to get through to some people. Yeah, yeah. even in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ginger, one of my favorite quotes from you was a long time ago, and you said, if a woman loves her husband, she'll get up early and fix him breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're... We're done. Um, so this is basically what has happened with Europe, North America. Chance historical event, white control of blacks, discriminatory laws lead to poverty, lack of education among blacks, cultural prejudices, and then that cycle. Um, we need to close out. Does anyone have anything they would like to say before we end? Just, just oh, one John. thing. I, I just say, uh, you know, maybe we'll say some things that are like ignorant or. Uh, 
are taken the wrong way in the class, but if you look across uh, every major concerted effort to stop subconscious prejudice uh, over the last like 100 years has effectively stopped subconscious prejudice. Uh, the last two, in the last hmm. two years, um, the five major orchestras in the world were only hiring men, even though 60% of their applicants were women. They yeah. identified it, and so then they started trying to, to actively combat that, and they raised that by about. Well, they were blind years. interviews. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they so screen and not let them. Yeah. But they identified there was a subconscious bias, and all of the conductors of these orchestras said, "Absolutely, we're not prejudiced. We want the best players playing." Right, we have all of our incentives aligned, so it was clearly subconscious. They addressed it, and they, they had a twenty percent increase. Same thing with NBA referees. The white NBA referees were calling more fouls on black players, so to about a seventy-five percent difference. Wow! Um, they addressed it, and there was about thirty percent difference. Wow! But so I think the facts are telling us that if we talk about it, even yeah. when it's very uncomfortable, together. That subconscious bias uh, tends to disappear. So good Thank on you, you. and I, and I Thank you. encourage us, like you know, say the things that are on your mind because mm -hmm. we all give each other a little space and a little room to, to say them and a little grace to understand them. We'll all be better for it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, John. That's a that's a great way to yeah. end. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. For all the comments that you did make, yeah. John. Would you mind saying a quick prayer and then we sure. should exit out? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this group, for uh, Christians that you've done in our life that come from different backgrounds, different beliefs, and upbringing, dear Lord, we pray that they would grow us in our uh, ability to see through the eyes of, of, of a different experience. Dear Lord, we pray that we would give each other grace and mercy and, and a bit of what you've given us, dear Lord, as we, as we work through these challenging issues. We ask that you open our hearts and open our minds to each other. Would all grow to be a, a greater people, um, Christ-like little Christ, that try to um, to show your image to the world, dear Lord, and nothing else. Pray that you be with us, um, guide us in our in our thoughts and in our words in this class. Help us to grow closer to each other and closer to you. In your Son's holy and precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the East Side Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 1040 a.m. as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.